Welcome to TPQ20, where we go beyond the page with poets about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. I'm Courtney Margolin. And I'm Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hello. Welcome. How are you? I'm okay. I'm in the middle of moving, so that's always oh, no. fun. But, you know, not Is too bad. A- Good. Hopefully, Wonderful. it's a short move. Like, is it a like, you know, not multiple states? Just a. Um, it's Iowa to Illinois, so eh, okay. Five hours, not the worst. All right. Well, thank you so much for meeting with us in the middle of a move. Absolutely happy to. Yeah. Um. Well, we always like to start things off by saying we know who you are, uh, but we have an audience who may not. So, if you were to give kind of your elevator pitch on who you are. Who are you? Yeah. Hi. Um, Hi. So (laughs) I'm Rita Mukherjee. I uh, consider myself a literary critic first and uh, foremost. Some people might know me as a poet. Some people might know me as a professor. Um, Just depends, I guess, what day it is, which hat I'm wearing. Uh, My pronouns are she, her, hers. Awesome. What are your passions in the world? And we'll go, we'll go broad here. What are your passions in the world of literature these days? Yeah, um, so right now my magazine that I co-founded um, with my pal Dorothy Chan is in like its first year of being. Um, and so we're officially a 501c3 now. So it's so exciting to nice. just have that nonprofit status. Um, and so we've been editing and curating um, during this strange global peril that we're all in. Um, And just like putting out the call for the magazine that I always wanted to be reading that I always wished existed um, and seeing like what comes when you call for those people is so exciting. Um, That's definitely what has me most hype right now um, in the literary scene. I joined Twitter probably a year ago questionable choices um welcome welcome to hellfire wow it's an interesting place isn't it it's just as lively as everyone says it is go figure um so i noticed in um the context of talking to other writers talking to other magazines on there i was really struck by how many folks were like pre-college And that was something really cool. Like I don't get to meet a lot of people who aren't in college or very with college. Um, So seeing that our like kind of, I guess I'll say like broadly our 14 to like 18 crowd was very visible, very active. Um, Not just, you know, in a micro way but generally getting a lot of traction and getting some features in some really notable places. Um, That was, that was excellent. So I'm, trying to really put in the time and um, the labor to figure out how we can better like equip our young writers to do what it is that they want to do and do what they're already doing. Um, Like they're already participants in, you know, the submission process and stuff like that. So um, that's who I'm really excited about, um, especially as an Asian American person, like seeing younger AAPI femmes and women putting out like chat books and stuff like that gives me a lot of joy and I've had the good fortune of being able to publish on some of these excellent writers um and it's just cool being part of their process when they're at that stage because there's like 
a lot of choices you can make as a writer. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of choices you cannot make as a writer. Uh, <laughs> and I want to keep like pushing on those parameters because there's there's so many ways to do it, right? Definitely. There, Absolutely. There are so many ways to do it. And that kind of takes us to our next question. And looking at process, what what is a writer or even as a, an editor and supporting some of those writers is part of that writing process? And how do you prepare yourself? And do you have any like special superstitions or rituals that you go through, or maybe even that you've seen in some of your writers <laughs> that they go yeah. through? Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, I have a lot of rituals, tons and tons of rituals. Um, probably one of my most important ones is to get a glass of something very, very, very tall and non-alcoholic um, and keep it close by because once I sit down, like I'm not gonna get up for a long time. Um, something that I find really unacceptable um, in the lit world is turnaround times for submissions. Um, and it bothers me because so many editors are writers themselves and they know the pain of like, it's going on eight months and yes. nothing's moved and I'm really tired. Um, I want to make that like, socially unacceptable <laughs> wait so all... so you mean you mean when submittable when your submittable page uh, a year and a half later still has in progress on it um, <laughs> it's been but yeah I... the contest the contest is already over like six months ago you're like reject me please put me out of my misery like, i know you didn't pick me so i really want to um just shatter that as like sort of an acceptable mode of professional behavior. Um, so I really try to sit down and like clear my cues, clear my inbox. Um, so I'm someone who loves to work for like really long stretches of time um, and then like crash after and be like, okay, now it's time for a very, very tall drink of something very alcoholic. <laughs> and like, <laughs> we go from there. Um, I love it. Yeah. In my process, I feel like um, I always want to take the time to call attention to something I think is great. Um, when appropriate, give like sprinkles of advice. I don't believe in like giving people feedback when like a regular sub, like they didn't ask for that. Like don't, right. you know, it just seems like so inappropriate to overstep. But especially if I feel like, oh, this writer like almost nailed it. There was this one thing I wanna see them do a little bit differently. I'll try and take the time and write that out. Like it's easy to just hit like form reject, form reject, form reject, um, especially if you're on submittable. Right. But being at a baby magazine where I have to hand write all my <laughs> acceptances or rejections one way or another. No. Um, once you have that luxury of like the form rejection, um, I try to take my time and really like think about um, curation, revision, um, and just like, how to kind of keep the party going, like even when it's a no, I still want it to be like, no, but you're great. And thank you for thinking of us. Like, yeah. yeah. It's it's important. One of the, we, we talked to um, Elizabeth Oren uh, from over at Animal Heart Press. And she had that idea of holding books, you know, holding those people who submit their work to you up, like it's on a, their, their work is on a pedestal. Like it's their baby you're taking care of. It's like sacred. they deserve- they deserve that, not only that timely like response, you know, I, I, but they deserve some, you know, at least, yeah, at least a little bit of care. Like, come on, please, please submit here again. Like, we'd love to hear from you. Like yeah. a little encouragement goes a long way. Absolutely. And something I've been doing at um, Split Lip where I'm assistant poetry editor 
is writing a little note, especially if I see someone who's like, I'm in middle school, I'm in high school. I think we got, I want to say, I think we got a poem from a 10 year old this past year. And I was just like, I was like, go off, go off youth. I see you. Um, And so I try to take a little bit of time to write like something that recognizes them as a fellow writer and like calls them into, you know, the fold. So I try to say something like, I'm so proud of you for starting this important part of your career. Keep going with the submission process. Like you got this. And I just, you know, wish that there would have been like this online community when I started out, when I was writing, because like, I mean, we had like Zanga and so that's what kind of like era we were in, uh-huh. My post MySpace. Right. Um, I didn't have anything like writer Twitter or the, the wikis that have come out in the past 10 years. Um, so many great resources. So I tried well, to be you were, that. You weren't addicted to Tumblr back in the day? You weren't like scrolling the pages of Tumblr to find the next great poet? I was, I was on Tumblr a good amount, but I think I was kind of <laughs> in like the anime fandom, dark, dark, dark side of Tumblr. Very strange. Well, and there's, there's something just so powerful about being 10 or 12 or 14 and receiving something from a, a writer or an editor that calls you a writer and names you that, yeah. that says, I see you as a writer because so many of us feel like imposters, even at my age at 40 or where I'm hesitant to name myself as a writer. And I feel like an imposter saying that. So to hear that from you and see that on paper and hold that at that age feels so empowering. So just thank you so much for taking the time just to do that, which sometimes feels like such a small thing, but for that child and that person is such a large empowering thing. It just means so much. I have a 10 year old who it would just mean the world. And I was a sixth grade teacher as well who taught poetry. So, so you know exactly my, who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. It just lifts my heart so much to know that there are people out there who are taking that time. It can change the world for, especially a student who maybe doesn't have a voice that they see so much out there in poetry and taking yeah. that risk. Totally, totally. I, I never had that moment. Um, so I really like try to be that moment for others or even just like be that moment of validation like you're saying I um have been through like so many degree programs and been around so many like established seasoned polished people and they're like I don't know if this is for me I don't know if I belong here and so there's never like you know some affirming beam of light that's going to be like and now you have like no one can ever take it away from you like obviously that's that's not the lay of the land and it's a really cutthroat field um so I just feel like especially given our climate and our circumstances like we can just be like a little bit gentler and a little bit more um uplifting and be more of that like kind of guiding light rather than like punching down (laughs) like the youth movement in poetry right now is it's incredible like you're saying the idea that 14 to 18 year olds are not only writing poetry but they're founding magazines oh yeah uh, that's been the the idea that like what we would have done maybe as like an underground zine is right. becoming like an actual publishing house right. uh, is is magical. Um, but it's yeah, I, I can't even imagine having sat down at 14 years old and be like, I think I'm going to start a poetry press today. Uh, it seems like a pretty uh, a pretty insane idea. 
Right, right. Uh, I think like, especially as we're encountering like Gen Z more and more, um, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm just impressed with like how much they've done their due diligence and um, really taking their time to like figure out what niche they want to be in. And yeah, it feels good to see that respect. So it's easy to pay that respect back, I think. Absolutely. So that brings us kind of to the next piece. You know, you've been doing this for a little while now and you've seen a lot of students come and go through this uh, and, and people you've worked with. Um, there are obviously countless pitfalls when it comes to like that, the world of writing and thinking that you're going to, you know, make a living off of writing. Um, what have you seen along the way as kind of your pitfalls and your, you know, your struggles and how have you overcome them or maybe how have you worked with your students to overcome theirs? Yeah, so I'm really fortunate um, because I do have um, a couple hats that I wear. And so um, the main one is that usually I'm a professor. Um, I'm actually starting a postdoctoral fellowship in two days um, in Chicago. Ooh. I'm so excited because that's going to allow me to work on my writing, my critical writing and my creative writing um, full time. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you for a couple months. So um that's the dream, right? We always want to get to that moment where it's like, I can just write every single day. Um, but I think one of the pitfalls is realizing that those opportunities are going to be very few and far between, um, especially if you pursue an MFA or if you pursue the PhD, um, there's going to be some long stretches where you kick yourself and say, why didn't I go into like finance or invest in Bitcoin or something? Um, and I think like, especially because I'm leaving Iowa State, which is a STEM school, and it's really easy to feel devalued. Um, you know, nobody pays us millions and millions of dollars for what we do. And right. um, as much as I would like that to, to, you know, maybe be the case, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So I think like with students, one of the biggest um, mistakes that I've made is kind of like anytime someone is showing me talent or showing me an affinity for the discipline or for writing or anything, I'm like, oh, you should, you should do what I do. You should do this professorially. You should do this for a living. Um, and that's not necessarily like the right path for a lot of people, um, especially right now. Like I wouldn't pay for the college that I have been providing, like, you know, this kind of interface, like this model was meant for maybe advanced grads and grad students. This was never meant for general education, certainly not littles um, at all. <laughs> so I think like right now, my challenge is figuring out like, how do I help people who want to do this while recognizing that it's, it, it's a treacherous landscape right now. Um, there's no, you know, outpouring of jobs. I think Vice uh, this past week made major, major layoffs, like 20 or some more positions. Um, and that's brutal. You know, like we don't um, necessarily have the same kind of turnover as like more journalistic writing. But I think uh, you have to be very, very realistic with what you can and can't do um, in this field. So Personally, I always see poetry as a complement to my scholarship and to my critical work and my editorial work. Um, I don't know many people for whom like their bread and butter is just poetry and they wake up and they do poetry and they go to sleep and they finish their poetry and like, that's it. So I think um, 
just showing people like how to be versatile and how like you can you can support yourself like you will have other jobs you'll have things you can do um but if you want to pursue this just being like really straightforward about the risks and um the chances you know of being able to publish a full-length manuscript with a major um you know publishing house or something like that but I think as long as people have those honest understandings of the climate and are just like a little bit crazy <laughs> I love that the little taste of crazy that I always helps <laughs> honesty with a little touch of crazy yeah so that takes us to our last question, which is what are you most excited about in literature right now? And what should we know? Like what's coming up next for you? So scrolling through like best of lists and, um, and seeing like, even in, um, you know, popular pubs, like I'm just looking at like what Oprah is suggesting to people and stuff like that. Um, I am seeing more women of color I'm seeing people of color from um, demographics that we might have overlooked previously or we might have homogenized. Um, I love the work of Erica T. Worth and reading her has helped me um, locate a better understanding of indigenous women's writing. Um, it's not an area I studied very formally and I'm trying now to kind of put pieces together that are missing in my broader knowledge because obviously like if I have a doctor in this, I need to be able to like speak to all angles of it. Um, so I think like seeing more indigenous women's writing, um, seeing like different peoples of the Caribbean um, get a lot of attention. The Caribbean is my area of specialty. So I'm biased um, when it comes to Caribbean authors, but um, Nicole Dennis Ben has had like some really great success with her novels. Um, Patsy is the most recent one. I got to meet her last year. It was really weird. Like I was in Jamaica, she was in Jamaica and then the pandemic hit and it was destroyed. Um, but so yeah, so seeing like people from what I would have definitely seen as like niche categories, very much relegated to the margins of something like you go into Barnes and Noble and you have no idea where you're going to be able to find this person. Like, are you calling them a woman writer? Are you calling them a transatlantic writer? Are you, you know, like those, right. those categories are so strange. So I'm happy to see a little more particularity. I'm also happy to see um, some of our indie publishers and small presses, like really just showing out and being like, you know what? Um, it's the pandemic. Everything's terrible, but let's keep on keeping on. And like, I've just seen some really gorgeous titles lately. Um, it was on Kaya Press's website and they had some awesome stuff. Nightboat is always like on point. Um, and even seeing like some of the bigger contest winners like Milkweeds, um, yeah. different prizes that we just had this spring. Like it's great to see range, some increased diversity um, and yeah, some of our smaller uh, lit hubs coming to the forefront. Awesome. Well, wonderful. Uh, what about you, though? What is coming up for you uh, specifically? What can we look forward to? Yeah, um, so part of my fellowship duties at DePaul University, I don't know if I mentioned that, um, are talking about my specialty area, like not just for the university community, but for the public. Um, and so what I study is food and women and literature. So looking at intersections of those topics are um, things that I talk about a lot. And so I'm going to be giving some lectures in the community and in the public um, 
definitely there's going to be one about like food and community gardening, kind of like food as therapy, food as healing. Um, I love that. Yes, that one's going to be (laughs) so excited. I'll be in Chicago. So like, hopefully I'll be able to be participating in a community garden and talking about how great they are. Um, I'm doing a course in spring on soul food. So there's definitely going to be a soul food talk at some point um, in the history of that, uh, which is like, I could talk about any of these topics for just start a timer. I could just talk and talk and talk. I know I could listen forever. We're in Chicago all the time. <laughs> and it's great because like there's, you know, there's no one with whom you can't discuss food. That was my oh, yeah. like, secret weapon on the job market. Like there was, you know, you start talking about your specialty and people are like, okay, I don't really know what that means. I don't, I don't have that problem. Everybody knows. And I'm like, so what, like, what's your favorite thing to eat? Um, so there's going to be food lectures. So that's going to be exciting. Um, I will definitely have a poetry reading at some point in the near to immediate future. I'm hoping to collaborate with like other kind of Chicago area people, um, but we'll see how Miss Corona would like to behave and, um, you know, take it from there. And um, over at Honey Literary, my co-founder Dorothy Chan and I have some really exciting stuff we're going to be unveiling. Um, I can't say too much, (laughs) but I will say we'll have big news in about a month. Awesome. Oh, well, we're we're really, really looking forward to that. And we do, uh, with the poetry question, Courtney and I do head out to Chicago about every uh, eight weeks. So for some uh, brain injury uh, treatment out there. So uh, <laughs> we are out there often. So maybe we All will right. do this in person at some point. Yeah, We'd you gotta to. let me know and I'll pick out the spot and I'll like, I'll, we'll make it so scholarly. I'll like give you the like lesson, the breakdown, be like, this is why we're here. And then we'll I like, love and I'll kind of like document it and stuff and like that's love it I like to call that my research y'all we could just go awesome. in I'll see me any day <laughs> well then, <laughs> well, then we, we look forward we look forward to the poetry question 20 live from Chicago at some point yes I'm so oh, done <laughs> thank Until you then, so much this has been lovely thank you so much thank you take care you as well bye bye thank you for listening to TPQ20 Please like, review, and subscribe.